orgasmic enlightenment where the sexual and spiritual come together. I'm Kim Anami and I'm a holistic sex and relationship coach and a vaginal weightlifter. In this show, we explore all things intimate. I believe that our sexual energy is life force, creative energy, and we can use it to shape our worlds, strengthen our relationships, and self-actualize. I blend the most avant-garde information from neuroscience, ancient sexual practices like Tantra and Taoism, to renegade wellness modalities to show you how to create gourmet sex in your lives. Come one, come all. The Well-Fucked Man, part two. Are you giving your woman life-changing orgasms? Today we are speaking to another well-fucked man. Paul is a Sexual Mastery for Men alumni and he has also done Coming Together for Couples. His wife, Barbara, has done the Well-Fucked Woman and Vaginal Kung Fu salons. You could say that they are Anami devotees. In fact, Paul references life before Anami and after Anami. So I asked Paul, what was your greatest motivation in doing this work slash play? He answers, I want my wife to be a well-fucked woman. And she is. I often talk about how vaginal orgasms are essential good fuck medicine for women. This is what she really needs to feel sexually satisfied and to transform her into a radiant, glowing, gorgeously well-fucked woman. So in our conversation, Paul and I chat about how women are underfucked if they are only having clitoral orgasms, giving your woman a non-stop flow of G-spot orgasms and Paul's secret to that, And I quote, cervical after cervical after cervical orgasms that crack her open and give her that I just saw God face. The definition of a well-fucked man, supercharged erections at every age. She comes first and many, many times constantly receiving oral sex from his woman, so tedious, I know, and using their orgasms to manifest a new house, job opportunities, and more. Seriously, though. Everybody loved the Well-Fucked Man interview I did last week, so I'm giving you another. These Well-Fucked Anami All-Stars shine their light and lead the way to show you what is possible for everyone. It's the Anami Guarantee. Everyone can reach these places if you put in the time and the energy. Well fucked all stars. Welcome, Paul. It's fantastic to have you here. Fantastic to be back. Great to see you. So tell me, what was the main motivation for you in doing this work? Well, got an email a while, a little over a year ago from someone that I really respect talking about this program called the Well-Fucked Woman. And I was like, I really want my wife to be a well-fucked woman. What is this all about? And we looked into it um, and she started it and we started doing all this stuff that just, I mean, she, she really engages in whatever she's into it. She's into it, she's into it. And she was very much into the idea of being a well-fucked woman too. So I quickly realized while she was doing well-fucked woman that I was gonna be behind the curve <laughs> if I didn't sign for a sexual mastery right after that. And so this just kind of worked together for us, you know, to do this, you know, kind of culminated with the coming together salon. And 
uh, our lives has just transformed dramatically in the last year or so. I love that. And there's this idea, spiritually speaking, in a lot of different cultures that the woman leads the man home to God or into growth, or she inspires him to uplevel himself. And so you're like the second person I've talked to recently where their wife was the impetus. Their wife did well-fucked woman and then sexual mastery for men, the way we run our salons through the year follows that. And so they've been like, oh, okay, well, I'm going to get onto this. This is amazing. They've been inspired by the changes that they've seen in their partner and in their relationship. And so then they're super motivated to also do this, something that they might not have been, had the impetus to do before, or you don't know what you don't know. Somebody comes along and says, your wife can be extremely well fucked. There's a way to up, up and up level your sex life. And here it is. And then people take that invite and be like, well, why not? How could I refuse? <laughs> Well, yeah, and exactly. And the changes came from literally from week one of Wellfucked Woman. I mean, she had a major breakthrough that has completely reformed our, our sex life just from the first week of Wellfucked Woman. So, I mean, you get through, everybody's got these weird blocks, right? You know, and once you figure out what that is and where to go from there, um, with us, it was just off to the races. And we were just. That's fabulous. So you, we were chatting before this and you said that here's one example is that last night you you said your wife was away for a few days. She got back really late at night and knew that you had this giant work uh, gig in early in the morning, but was like, okay, honey, sorry, I'll come in and I won't wake you up. But what happened, Paul? <laughs> well, I think we both kind of knew that that, you know, I was not going to stay asleep. I mean, it's, it's, you know, in the, the before times, the before NAMI times, maybe I would have stayed asleep and been like, oh, whatever, I got stuff to do. But a major thing that's changed for us is what I call the 24-7 simmer. It's like we are constantly flirting. And, um, and the funny thing is we have kids that are 11 and 13, and they actually encourage it. I mean, they'll actually come up and be like, that's really a hug. Okay, now give her a smooth. Oh, yeah, you got to give her a better one than that. You know, so <laughs> it's awesome. So they actually, but the thing is, I think the, the kids understand. They understand. Yeah. When the parents are happy, the, yeah, it's it's good on, you know, it's it's just what it is. If I mean, if you, if the mom is well fucked, the house is happier. It's as simple as that. It really is. It's, I mean, you can talk about the happy wife, whatever thing, but it's, I mean, people know. Kids are, kids are so in tune to all this. And so they actually encourage us. And so anyway, so the three days that she was out of town, um, the phone calls and the texts just got flirtier and flirtier and hotter and hotter. Um, we'd FaceTime at night and talk about what was happening. And, you know, that, we didn't have the physicalness of the summer that we have usually on a day-to-day -day basis, but we had that. And we were both just, I knew that we were both going to be dying. So she got home, she got home at 12.15. And that was, I mean, I'm usually in bed earlier than that, especially if I have to work at seven in the morning. Yeah. And, uh, um, she had had her first orgasm within 20 minutes. And by 1 a.m., we'd lost count. And so it was just, <laughs> you know, I didn't, I knew that we weren't gonna be going until five in the morning, but uh, you know, we didn't wrap it up till like an hour after that. And it was just, you know, you know, the way that I feel about it, the whale wolf of torment is you don't finish until she is done. And I don't mean 
she's had one. I don't mean she's had a handful. I mean, she's done. She's like, honey, you're good to go. <laughs> you know, and that's holding off until that point is like, to me, the number one thing that you can give your woman, you want her to be a well-fucked woman. You've got to let her choose when that time's going to be. She comes first and she comes many. That's one of my golden rules of orgasms. And when she's fully satiated, because people think like, oh, one, one is enough, especially if it was a clitoral orgasm, which isn't true, right? That would leave a woman feeling actually quite hungry and probably resentful. And so I love that you've taken that on board as your sexual mantra, that until she's fully satiated and spent and can take no more that you're like, okay, my job, my work here is done. Well, yeah, it's, and it's just a, it's, it's a completely different perspective. And like the, the pre-anami times, um, what would be normal for us was she would have two clitoral orgasms and I'd finish, you know, that would be like, that would be like a typical night for us. And I, and my attitude was she had two and I had one, she can't complain about anything. And I just didn't know any better. I mean, I didn't, I mean, the potential, you know, she'd had the occasional cervical orgasm, but we didn't even know what it was. Um, we hadn't even, you know, she'd never had a G-spot orgasm because neither one of us knew how to do it. Um, and that's just turned into a whole huge adventure for us too. And it's, it's, it's funny because in the work, you know, when you're doing Wolfhawks Woman, Sexual Mastery, um, they said uh, at one point, I, I can't remember if it was you or if it was somebody in the salon, we're saying, yeah, it's like the number one toy you need to get is this G-spot stimulator, G-spot stimulator, you know, like a dildo or something, you know what I mean? Because like, I just can't do it forever. You know, his fingers are, I mean, he's just going to get tired. And Only human. Like, what the hell is that? What, what, what are they talking about? I have no idea what they're talking about. And it took us like six months. We're like, oh, you're a piano player. So I have... I mean, that, that's kind of like a thing for us, you know? So you have, what you're saying is you have extreme finger stamina. And so when it comes to stimulating a woman's G-spot manually, you can go and go and go and go and give her multiple, multiple orgasms. And I talked in the salon about for a lot of guys, they might need a pinch hitter, like, to, you know, in between the manual stimulation, they might need a special G-spot toy, like our Akasha in the Anami Alchemia shop. And you guys were like, well, we don't need, some extra implement like what is this all about and then you finally figured out it's because your fingers are ultra strong and agile as a professional pianist yeah I'm, i've been playing piano for 50 years i mean i'm i'm yes so <laughs> it's 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 uh it's been a great advantage for us that's for sure a vaginal maestro <laughs> uh, i do my best yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. That's yeah. amazing. So what would you say have been some of the biggest changes in your sex life? Like, it sounds like you came to the place of having uh, G-spot orgasms and many of them, your attitude has changed. Like, how about your stamina? And because I know that you guys went from having a decent amount of sex, I think, to having, you know, two to three hour sex dates, like no problem as a regular thing. So what would you say sure. some of the biggest transformations have been in your sex life? Um, well, I mean, you know, th that's probably the biggest one is just amount of time that we spend actually having sex. I mean, you know, in the before times, uh, before well-fucked woman, an hour would seem like just an incredibly long time, like this crazy night that we'd had. And, you know, 
that would be crazy. And a normal night would Epic. be, yeah. No, I mean it's not that much shorter. I mean, you know, you know, thirty to forty minutes, right? Would be would be like a normal thing. You know, I mean, we were used to each other. We knew what to do, and you know, it was all fine. Um, well, yeah, last night was. I mean, so last night was what? Maybe an hour and forty-five minutes total. You know, mm -hmm. but that was the middle of the night, and she'd been driving for over seven hours, and I'd already been asleep for two hours. So I'm not gonna, you know. It's not our longest, <laughs> but yeah, we can, it's dedicating the time and putting in a few hours is for sure. I mean, it's, you know, a typical weekend for us, you know, would be at least two and a half hours, you know, um, at that point we're pretty spent, you know, we're active, we're physical, we're both fit and both very much into being fit. Um, so, I mean, I don't know how athletic we are compared to other couples, but um, we do like to have the stamina and the wherewithal to keep it going for a long time. And you talked about prioritizing that, like that you make your physical fitness a priority, not just to be, remain healthy, but also to remain as that person who can go the distance with your partner physically. Absolutely. I mean, it's... it's um, I mean, and it's not just that Barbara's younger, it's that I am just interested in fitness myself and interested in longevity and natural healing and everything like that. That's just been my thing for a really long time. I mean, I was a teenager when I bought Dirk Pearson's Life Extensions book. So this has been like a lifelong thing for me where I just, uh, you know, where it's just been, you know, I've, I've wanted to be as healthy as I can. You know, my, almost my entire family is completely unhealthy and I didn't like, you know, nobody likes to see their parents die painfully and horribly. And I'm like, what did he do wrong? Well, the list of things is, you know, very long. And I just didn't want to follow that pattern. And I did not want to burden a partner with that, you know? So this has been, so there's that thing where I just feel like I need to prioritize this in my life, period. But when, how sex comes into that is what I quickly understood when I started doing the work, you know, especially like when we, when you started talking about the lengthening and strengthening, you know, I mean, it's very- The cock. Exactly. When you talk about, I mean, it, it's, it's quite, a, you know, it's quite something to say to say, your cock can get bigger because that really gets guys' attention for sure. <laughs> um, and and uh, yeah, that's really gonna work. Um, but what I realized in that time is that if your cock is healthy, if you've got that blood flow going, um, you know, I had, a, I had an issue with blood clots some years ago. And, and so this is something I started doing. And so I'm thinking, you know, I'm not going to do the drugs. I'm going to do natokinase and black seed oil and different things like that to try to treat it. Cause this is what I do, you know, and if the blood flow is good in your cock, it's good in your heart. So you want, you want mm -hmm. good health, you want good heart, cardiovascular health, you can't have one without the other. And of course, the unfortunate part is there's the flip side of that, is you need good cardiovascular health if you want to have a long, long, long-lasting sex life. And I never want to stop having sex. I mean, who would? I mean, especially if you've met Barbara. I mean, come on. I mean, <laughs> it's, 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 it's amazing. And, you know, I want to be there and available every night and it takes work. So that's, yeah. you know, so that's, so, 
And how about the, okay, so with her, you know, you said that one of your big goals was you want your wife to be a well-fucked woman. And it sounded like you guys had a decent sex life already. You weren't in, you know, dire straits, but it's like, how can we get better? How can she become even more well-fucked? So what changes did you notice in her as you took on this work and you started to evolve in your sex life? What did it look like for her in becoming more of a well-fucked woman? Well, this, this <laughs> she was just, let's just say she was in a better mood all the time. I mean, she's never been, you know, she's never been extremely difficult to get along with or bitch or anything like that. I mean, I, I would not use these words to describe her, but, um, but there were times before for sure where uh, if I let her down, you know, you know, if, if, uh, if I didn't, if I didn't write, you know, if I didn't do what I needed to do to get her well satisfied, which was way too much of the time, you know, she'd be crabby. This is a natural consequence. And so this is another huge motivator is the house is happier for everybody if she's well fucked, period. I mean, that's just the way it is. You know, it's better for me, it's better for her, and it's better for the kids. I mean, that's yeah. Happy wife, happy life, well fucked, well fucked wife, ecstatic life. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's and, and it's funny, you know, the um, the well fucked life extends, it spills over into normal, you know, and other things you wouldn't necessarily connect with sex either. You know, when we talked before, we talked about, you know, landing a great job. You know, I had this great gig to come up the night after we'd had this amazing sex, right? Um, so like the session- today, Add that again for us, like where <laughs> you guys had this epic sex night, sex date night and extended sex. And then the next day you got this really amazing job career invitation, like a real career moment. And you were like, did that just come to us because of this epic sex we had last night? Right. And I would answer it. Logically. Yeah. An Abbey Road gig as a musician. So a crowning achievement in your career. Yeah, it's pretty great. It's pretty great. And so um, it's kind of funny because we had this, uh, you know, so I did a recording session in Budapest this morning. We did remote recording and uh, um, and right after the session, the guy who brought me onto that session says, hey, I've got this new thing that just came up. So this is just, you know, is that from last night? It's one of those things that's weird. You're like, how did, does this, this is something I've always struggled with because it's a little bit, this isn't like normal human stuff. Like you have great sex and then something amazing happens. But when it happens again and again, it just really makes you want to keep on having amazing sex. I mean, and honestly, the jobs are great. The jobs have been amazing and I'm super happy with them. But there was one thing that was, significantly more amazing than that is that you know we we you know um it was about nine ten months ago we made the decision to get out of los angeles i've lived there all my life my career was there her career was there and we decided that it would be best for our family if we if we left so this was a huge thing for us because we had never lived outside of this small little pocket on the north end of la and um so we started looking 
in this one area in southern Utah that we really like because we just vacationed there. I was like, this place is gorgeous. My grandfather used to live here and we love it here. And the people are amazing. I mean, these are, we can really find our people here, you know? And we felt a really strong connection with the, the place. So the issue was um, our realtor that we had met by a complete accident. That's a whole other story. Um, but he said, there are 1600 people looking for houses in your price range. Um, and there's only 180 properties available. Wow. So we bid on a property, didn't get it. We bid on a property, didn't get it. We bid on another one, sight unseen, got outbid by like 40 grand on like five properties. So this keeps on happening. And our house had sold. And I was like, we're going to be homeless. We got to get out of the house. And we literally have no place to go. So I said to Barbara, I said, I said, we need to. We got to get fucking. We need to manifest. We got to get fucking. Absolutely. And so we did. I mean, we did. I mean, we did. I mean, we talked about it. We really tried to really connect before we did. Um, we had a great night. And the next morning, the deal came through. Wow. It was the next day. And out of all, all this, plus, okay, <laughs> this is the, one of the most amazing things. We got it for under asking, which is impossible. It's impossible. It, yeah. So, but it was a situation where I, I just accidentally happened upon this place. It was a for sale by owner. The realtor goes, talks to the guy, turns out that his best friend coached baseball with him. And so there was that instant connection there. And the guy wanted to get out of the house and he says, I've got somebody for you right here. And so we got it. And it was, you know, it's, it's a great place. We'd love it here. And it's just, it's, um, that's honestly the, the biggest life change. And how can you manifest that significant of a thing? You know, but I feel like we were desperate. Like our family needs this. We have to do something. And if you can get it through great fucking, then that's great. <laughs> you know, that's incredible because I talk about that all the time and I can see how for people, even you, there could be a degree of skepticism there. Okay. Like we've tried everything. We've done all of these physical steps to achieve mm -hmm. this thing in our life. Yeah. We're, get it, we're coming up against a wall, so what's the solution? And the average person wouldn't be thinking, and even you half weren't, right? Well, maybe we need to go and have some epic sex, and maybe that will generate that creative super flow of the universe that will enable us to magnetize to us what we actually, our heart's desires, right? And so you do that. You've obviously had that experience before, where even then, like with that landing, that big Abbey Road gig, you were kind of like, did that really happen? But you know, it did. It's still yeah. for the human mind and how we're trained to think about what our sexual energy really is and what our creative powers are. That would be a total non-scientific, like a no-go, right? Like, well, there's, that's completely whatever, like fruity, la-la land kind of stuff. Except that over the years in my work, watching this take place and play out in people's lives over and over and over again, I speak about it so confidently. And then it's such a delight to watch people have it play out in their lives when they either accidentally do it because they're having better sex and they just start to see all of this abundance come in. And then at times start to consciously use it while nothing else is working. We better be upping the orgasm quotient and the ecstasy quotient in our bedroom. And that might just be the thing that notches it over into the realm of manifesting as a reality. Yeah, it's, it's, 
it's very mysterious to me still. You know, um, I mean, yeah, if somebody else told me, yeah, this, I did this, I'd be like, whatever, it's a coincidence. When you have yeah. coincidence after coincidence, you know, it's just, it's, at some point you're like, there's really something to this. Yeah, so, absolutely. So I yeah, love we that. try to consciously make that happen. So what else would you say about any other shifts that you've seen in your outer life? Like you mentioned that your children seem to be like harmonious in terms of they are reacting to the shifts in you. So the more in tune that you guys are, they feel that even if they're you know, intuitively feeling it, that when you guys are really loved up, that makes the whole family atmosphere even more blissful. Absolutely. I mean, that totally happens. I mean, you know, of all the things in our life, you know, I mean, there's actually tons of changes over this year. I mean, uh, share what else is that? One of the big things is that we've started homeschooling and that freedom has been amazing for us. The kids love it. Um, it allows us so much flexibility, so much freedom, and they're learning way, way, way more than they ever would in a public school, you know, where they've just got to be homogenized into this group. You know, that was Barbara's old job. She was a kindergarten teacher. So she would get a couple of kids that could read. She'd get a couple of kids that had never seen a letter before, you know, depending on what they were before. And her job was to homogenize these kids into one group that are ready for first grade. And she was so great at her job and made the kids feel so loved that she was, everybody loved her. But she realized I'm basically taking away individuality. I'm putting my stamp on these people, on all these little people and their parents are the perfect people to do that. And I'm kind of taking over that role in this busy LA vibe where all both parents are working. There's all this stuff going on and that we're able to do that, that we were able to change over to a single income um, and make that happen has been amazing for us. It's been amazing for the kids. I mean, it's just, it's just better for them. You know, she's not as tired and worn out and pissed off at the system all the time, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, not yep. being in the gig, um, which is great. I mean, which just leads to more sex for us, which leads to more happiness in the house and more bliss all around. And so that's, that's, I, you know, there's no price you could put on that. I mean, it's just, it's an amazing part of the work that, that we could have never predicted when we thought we, I mean, when we, when we started this, we're like, we could have better orgasms. And that was like the goal. Right. And it's been so much beyond that. And I think what it is is because, especially for men, if you're focused on being the best lover you can possibly be, it's going to spill out into every other aspect of your life. It's just going to be part of who you are every day. If you're doing the simmer, if you're trying to get your wife, I mean, if you're just being, I mean, if you have that simmer going all the time, you're always down for it, that energy plays out into everything else you're doing. And so that's the experience that we've had with that. And so, yeah, we just want to keep that going forever. So for people who may not know, I use a term, the simmer, to, to describe that there's always this hum 
of sexual charge and energy flowing between the couple. So rather than for many people, there's just a deliberate, okay, we're having sex now. And then they start from scratch in terms of their flow and connection with each other and have to build up this big charge that in a well-fucked relationship and a well-fucked couple, you've always got that hum, that attraction between you that you could basically anytime, anywhere, just drop and, you know, make love because that's constantly, you've done all of this, this preliminary clearing work to make sure that there's nothing in the way, no past resentments, no unresolved issues between you that would get in the way of that. And that you are then just really available to each other emotionally, sexually. And so that's the ultimate state, I believe, and can be a permanent state for a couple, right? Where they're always in that place that we would think of as being the beginning of a relationship for most people, right? Where you're very, you prioritize the connection, you're very present for each other, you'll drop everything to attend to your partner and make them happy. And that we then think that everything changes and that's like a thing of the past, right? Something that doesn't happen anymore. <laughs> but in these well-fucked, holy fuck type relationships, that becomes the norm where we're in that level of total attraction and kinetic energy flowing between us. And anytime, let's jump on the kitchen counter and do it right here, right now in the middle of making dinner kind of energy that that can be the, the daily norm, the normal for people. Yeah, that's, yeah, like you said, everybody, everybody kind of has that at the beginning where they just can't get enough of each other. And then I think a normal couple would say, oh, well, you know, real life got in the way. And so we just don't do that as often or whatever. But if you are doing, if you are actively promoting the simmer in your daily life, it doesn't ever have to change. I mean, Barb and I have been together well, we've been married for over 16 years. We've been together for 20 plus. So it's, it's, it is definitely not something that ever has to go, but it is something you work on. And yeah. it is so worth sure. it. <laughs> yeah. So is there anything you would like to share about your evolution in erections? after doing these practices and did you like for both your stamina and any like length strength increase that you noticed in the practices that you were taking in? So that's a funny, it's a, it's a funny thing because in, in the salon, you talk about, um, you talked about one lover that you had and uh, caused you a little bit of trouble one night. And uh, he'd been doing the lengthening and strengthening exercise that you were talking about. And, um, Kind of caught you by surprise. So it's so I did not actually measure before I started doing, you know, you know, the, you know, like, you know, any of the Montachi had, you know, David Data stuff, anything like that, that people will get involved in for that, you know, um, the all natural stuff, which is the only way to go. Um, but you notice it and your lover notices it just because there's more length and there's more girth and that's it. The, the funny thing for me is because it is, it's not like it happens overnight. You know, you don't take a pill and boom, you're bigger. You know, you work on it. It's like anything else. If it's worth doing, it's, you have to work on it. You know, you want to be good at, you know, shooting free throws. You got to work on it. It's like that. And you can get bigger and stronger. Um, and the, <laughs> I don't know how to describe it, except it just feels heavier in my hand. You know, so it's not just erections, it's, you know, it's, you know, all day long too. I mean, it's just, it just, for me, it just feels heavier. 
you know, and it's just, it's stronger and it's, you know, we keep that up. I, I you know, I keep it up. I still do. It's not something I did for a couple of weeks and years long. I'm like, okay, well, that's fine. I mean, it's something I still do. I mean, <laughs> part of your workout. I did, with, I did it with Barbara in the shower an hour and a half ago. <laughs> you know? Awesome. So I'm like, Love yeah, it. I do this thing 50 times. Can I use you instead? <laughs> <laughs> It's like using whatever's available for at the moment. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. If it's her leg instead of my leg, it's all good. So <laughs> with the, with her G-spot orgasms, um, so what would you say? It sounds like she can have many at a time these days. Oh yeah. It's, it's, I mean, it's just really a different thing. So it's not something that I understood at first because, you know, the clitoris is just, is literally the tip of the iceberg and like the tip at most, you know what I mean? And so it's great. Um, but I mean, for us, sometimes we don't even, sometimes you won't even have a clitoral first. You know, it's like you talk, like in the Playboy article, you talked about stage one, the clitoral stage two, the G-spot and stage three, the cervical. And a lot of, a lot of times with us, we'll go straight into the G-spot stuff. You know, we'll, I mean, we'll fool around. She's gotta be ready for it. Um, but then we'll do a bonus clitoral at the end. And what, and it's just, once the G-spot is all lit up and once the cervix is all lit up and everything inside is all lit up, uh, like a bonus clitoral at the end for her becomes like this blended thing where just like everything is happening. So sometimes we'll do that. With the G-spot specifically, um, we do like to do it for a while. I mean, I usually, it usually happens until she tells me to stop. Um, and she describes it, she describes it as, uh, oh my gosh, is, is it Van Gogh, The Starry Night? You know, where it's yes. like fireworks going off in here. So that's the way she describes it. But it's not like peak down, peak down. It's more like here and roll and then roll up again and then roll up again. And so we've got these just waves and waves and waves of it. Um, and that's just the way we like to roll. Yeah, well, it's more tantric <laughs> style rather than a, a peak and a finite conclusion. You just keep going infinitely. You keep expanding that experience of orgasm and your sex life in general, right? So it's a very different approach of this infinite orgasm, the ever-present orgasm that then even carries out into your daily life with what I, like I said, that attraction and that energy that's flowing between the two of you, the simmer, the constant simmer. For sure. Yeah. And then your stamina, like what would you say is your easy for you to do? Like an hour, two hours, three hours, anytime you want, you have full control. Um, when you say stamina, how long can I go for all in one's time? Yeah. Um, for me, it, it depends on, I mean, if you say full on hard erection, full attention, um, that will come in bursts, honestly. It's, it's not, I'm not, uh, I've never done three hours at a time. You know, I'm more of a 40 minutes to an hour, take a little break and go in for another 40 minutes to an hour. That stuff is, is that's doable. But we have lots of options in the in-between and we take advantage of them. Yeah. So that's kind of where we live. Fantastic. So before that, right? I, I was, I mean, that's, that's quite a bit more than I was doing before. But also yeah. part of that is just, you know, it's controlling when you finish, you know, which is another thing you practice. You know, if you, 
I mean, and, that, and that's one of the things that you talked about right away is, you know, how can you, I mean, this is, this is like, uh, this is like a big thrust of SMM, no pun intended, is, <laughs> how is, um, keeping on increasing and increasing, increasing the time that you can be there and available, you know, I mean, yeah. like, you know, like last night, I mean, how long was it? I don't know. I mean, um, I mean, there's like cervical after cervical after cervical until she finally says, I'm all good. If you're waiting for me, <laughs> yeah. you know, <laughs> you know, and so when that happens, it's, it's, it's great, you know, and it's, um, and sometimes those are more like waves too, but the big ones, the really, really big ones are more like the explosions where like you, you know, what's happened in the last year. We never once uttered the words, what was that? And that is kind of like a routine experience for us now. It's like the first time where she had that, I mean, like the world rocking cervical. I'm sorry, I'm like motioning like I'm doing it right now. <laughs> um, I mean, it hit us both so hard that our whole bodies were just like, just like, oh my God, what the hell was that? Because we had literally never experienced that before. And so we still have that. It's like, you know, there was a, a night a few weeks ago um, and I tried something I hadn't tried before. And I'm like, well, let's see how this works out. And afterwards, she literally like didn't move for like three minutes. She just sat there like, <laughs> it was just, you know, and these, what was that moments? We're still having those and we're still learning and we're still, I mean, we're still up leveling just because we did the work for a year. There's, we're still up leveling. I mean, there's still, there's still more to do. I love that I saw God face, which is what I often describe for for cervical orgasms for women. It's like just in a stupor, but a blissful one. Well, yeah, she, I mean, so, I, I can't think of a single time, I mean, before this, that she had ever cried during sex. Um, and now that's become a lot more routine. And when yeah. I say cry, I'm not saying like in a bad way, like this is horrible. This it's like, oh my God. I mean, I mean, you know what I'm talking about. Right? How do I even describe it's like this, the emotional overwhelm cry. And, um, and I definitely take your advice when that happens. <laughs> I know the advice of which you speak. Um, yeah, so for people who may not be that familiar with cervical orgasms is that when a woman has these really deep, transcendent orgasm she'll often cry the way that we cry tears of joy like when our heart opens or we're just having this release and intense emotional overflow of stuckness that might be lodged inside of us and the cervical orgasm just triggers that to open and to let go and so they're very very cathartic and therapeutic for women and i often say like the a substitute or a shortcut to really you know hours of therapy we can fuck our way through things because these orgasms are really essential medicine for women they're that important and therapeutic for women that i that's why i'm such a massive proponent of them is that if a woman isn't getting them she's really operating at a deficiency and that these are the orgasms that really change her life right and transform her into that effervescent glowing, radiant, well-fucked woman that is such a pleasure to be around. And that woman is not naggy. She's not whining. She's not complaining. She's just lubricating the flow of everyone around her. Yeah. 
especially her man. Yeah, it's it's pretty great. How would you describe a well-fucked man? Um, a well-fucked man is someone who can, um, I don't know, does it sound narcissistic to say make his woman get off anytime he wants? I mean, <laughs> that's, that's a good start. Keep going. I mean, but that's, it's, um, being a well-fucked man means you're doing your job right. I mean, the thing is, any man will know you're going to get yours and it's going to, you know, I mean, it's just going to happen. If, if you want to, if you want to finish, if you want to do that, we can do that so much more easily. So for me, a well-fucked man is someone who has the satisfaction of having a well-fucked partner. You know, he can go as long as she wants to go. She does, he doesn't, you know, I mean, Hey, you know, once you ejaculate, it's like game over, you know, you're done. And being able to control that and make that happen when you want it to happen or if you want it to happen, that's what a well-fucked man, it does. You know, I mean, a well-fucked man has a partner who is on the journey with him. I mean, that's crazy important because if, I don't know, maybe you're with a woman that doesn't care. I, I, I can't imagine that that woman exists, you know, that she would have a cervical and say, no, I'm good with clitoral. I mean, I don't think that is possible, but I don't know. I think they're out there. They just don't know. They don't know what they don't know. And they buy into this narrative like that doesn't exist and clitoris is just fine. Or they're really cut off from their and scared of their own, the power of their own sexuality. So I think they're definitely out there, but yeah. Sure. That, I mean, that was another, another thing that I had, I mean, a concept I'd never heard of before is, you know, the numb vagina, you know, it's like there's parts in there that are just, I mean, like really can't feel what they're supposed to be feeling. And, um, you know, I didn't know how to give someone a G-spot orgasm. You know, I just didn't know. But once we started doing it, we're like, well, this is great. And this is like a natural for us and it works great. And the other thing that happened that was amazing for me is, and this was probably, I don't know, maybe a few weeks into sexual mastery last year. Um, you know, we were just trying like, you know, we were trying some funny sideways thing or something. And she's like, oh, it's like, oh my God, my God. It's like, I think you found a new spot. And we, we talked about this on the call. Um, the entire vagina is just like this gold mine of things to find that you can wake up and get the whole thing lit up. And that's, that's the goal. If you can do that, then you're doing your job as, I mean, as a well-fucked man. Plus as a well-fucked man, um, <laughs> your partner's never gonna say no if you want her to go down on you. It's just not gonna happen. You know what I mean? You guys are together, you're in this thing together and it's not like, you know, there is no, oh baby, can I, you know, would you mind? You know, would you, you know, I mean, it's just like, it just happens. And it just happens all the time. I mean, for us in particular, it's, it's, it's a huge part of what we do, you know? And every couple is different, I'm sure, but it's, you know, I've never met a man that doesn't like it. I don't think that exists, but it's, I mean, I feel very, very, very well taken care of all the time. So part you're saying of being a well-fucked man is your woman is so open to you and 
voracious that she's available and open to these things. Like she's absolutely ready to and eager and loves pleasuring you because she's been well pleasured as well. And she's been opened up on this journey. And so these aren't like chores to her or duty or obligation the way for some people they might be. And instead it's an absolute pleasure and gift really. Like she loves every moment of it. And I love every moment of it too. I mean, giving her pleasure is, is, yeah. I mean, the, the, yeah, the give and take, just the, our interaction is great. I mean, it's just, it's, it's just what makes, it's what, what makes us who we are and it's what makes our whole household what we are, you know, and, and it just spells out in everything, but our intimate life is the priority and the thing that all that grows from. Beautifully said, because that's something I try to tell people about is that their sex life really is the core. And in a well-fucked couple, that is where then everything emerges from. And so the more time and energy that they put into their well-fuckedness, into elevating their sex life and making it this superpower source, then it is the creative generator for everything else that they do, whether it's their career, their financial situation, their ability to magnetize opportunities in their lives, their children, everything reverts back to the strength of their intimate connection. And that's where most people are completely amiss because they don't make that association. Our culture at large would never really make that association. It would tell you the opposite, right? That you just do your duty and have this partner, but that, you know, your sex life is a small, perhaps insignificant, even part of a relationship. Like, oh, don't be hung up on sex, right? Like a moral attachment to that as well. When the opposite is true is the more that you nurture that and make it a healthy, conscious, transcendent experience is that it gives like tenfold, a hundredfold back into your life. For sure, every aspect. I mean, this house, <laughs> it's ridiculous, right? But it's, it's, the way that it's, it, it's the way that it works, you know? It's hard to explain. Like you said, to, you know, most people think, oh, well, that's just something we do. And I know so many people that it's just faded away after time. I cannot imagine just stopping having sex. I mean, I, I just don't get it at all. Um, they don't know what they're missing. You know, they don't know that, you know, the, the great things they can have in their life that are just beyond what happens in the bedroom. Yeah. So. Fantastic. Well, is there anything else that you would like to add that you think we haven't covered? Um, I, I think that's about it. I mean, that's, I think I've said what I had to say. It's, I mean, our, our life has changed a lot in the last, you know, 13, 14 months, you know, whenever it was that the uh, Well-Fucked Woman started, you know, and we've been on this journey and the journey continues and we're loving every minute of it. So it's just been great for us. Awesome. Thank you so much, Paul. Sure. I love to be part of it. 
The Sexual Mastery for Men Salon begins today. This eight-week virtual salon is all about harnessing sexual power for men and rocking her world. So we cover all things sexual mastery, from foreplay to how to last longer as in hours long, cock lengthening and strengthening exercises, testosterone boosting, how to give your woman G-spot and cervical vaginal orgasms over and over and over again, cockfidence, how to inhabit your cock and your masculine alpha self, and even sex acts that will boost your business. The salon includes hours of video content, home play assignments for both singles and couples, weekly live Q&A calls with me, and an interactive men's forum. Go to kimanami.com, look for Sexual Savant Salons, and click on Sexual Mastery for Men. Are you coming? Thank you so much for listening. If you haven't already, subscribe and also leave a review and send someone else the gift of a healthy libido and an off the charts love life by sharing this episode with them. We'll be back next week. And in the meantime, many happy orgasms.